fatherhood. It's how we keep our tribes and families strong. You've landed in the right place if you're ready for dad jokes, tips, and tricks on fun parenting. Also with interviews with some of the coolest dad entrepreneurs we could track down and have them share their strategies to tackling it all in business and life on The Dad Next Door. And now, your host, Mr. Dad Jokes himself, <laughs> Jason Centeno. If you were a superhero, who would you be? Who's your favorite? Oh, Superman. Really? Oh yeah. See, if I'm going DC, I'm a Batman guy. You know, I don't. You want to know why though? Or not? Why? Okay. So look, all those superpowers around him, right? Everybody got powers. This dude has no powers. His brain is his power. And because I guess because I was a firefighter, and I guess because like I've been around people. All, with all kinds of talents, like the idea that you can be so smart that you can find out everybody's weakness, you can detect things, and you just you go hard with just your wits and some tools. Like that's basically to me the epitome of a firefighter. Is like, hey, training and tools, and you get in and you beat your way out and you do it any way you can. And even though he had a dark beginning, um, I don't know. I just relate to him and Iron Man the most out of all the superheroes. Yeah. So when I was a kid, when I was a kid, it was Iron Man. See, so, growing up, yeah. In my head, I'm still Iron Man. I literally still like I write. I have that as a reminder of who I'm being. I'm, I'm Iron Man, but with kids. <laughs> I love Jesus, but I cuss a little, just like him. So you know, <laughs> we both had very busy days, and mine was helping other dad entrepreneurs in the beginning with a with a funnel challenge with another fellow dad who was on this show, and then actually, what's been great about this whole ride so far is like all these dads that like I'm now doing projects with. So in my head, if I'm Iron Man, I'm always I'm always tinkering on this new kind of thing with somebody and it's been really good and exciting. Now I know you were pretty busy today. You want to get deep into that? Like, you know, the life of the dad entrepreneur is what this this whole thing is about. So one was like live streams, meetings, trainings. I ran to a real estate meeting and then I came here to be with your sexy behind. Now you tell me about your day. Well, I appreciate that. And I'm glad to be here too with you there, uh, Big Poppy. Start the day like I do every day, taking my son to school. You know, he lives with us. So I'm blessed to, to do that every morning. And we jam out. We listen to some Jim Rohn or we listen to some Les Brown or we listen to some Miles Monroe. Get him, get him going in the morning. It gets me going in the morning, you know. And then I hit the gym and then um, I hit the office and uh, building a, a new team out at a tech company that I just came on board with. Dropped another episode of the podcast today for the Successful Male Podcast. Make sure you guys check that out. Picked my son up from school, aftercare. Then we went to the Land and Sea Market, which is over here. And we got some burgers and some salmon for my wife. And then I fired up the green egg and, and uh, cooked for my family and, and had dinner with my family. And then did a little bit of reading before I jumped on here with you to kind of to level myself out slow my mind down a little bit and uh, transition into the scrambled eggs brain into a little bit of elevation for us to be able to have a great conversation. It's go, man. It's go time from the time I wake up until, you know, the, the time I go to bed. So when did, so this podcast, right? The successful male, when yeah. did that start? And like, I guess what's the, the focus of that podcast? Yeah. So it was uh, started by my partner and the founder of the successful male, uh, Ron Maholtra, who uh, lives in Melbourne, Australia. He started it, I think in 2018 or 2017. I picked it up uh, about a year ago and I've been just pumping out tons of episodes. Uh, we were doing once a week all last year. And then this year I, I picked up the pace and 
we're doing two a week now. And uh, it's, you know, we highlight men that are doing, you know, showing their expertise in the world, uh, living in their gifts, uh, living in, you know, a successful life and really making a difference, right? That That's the main focus is, hey, are, are you making an impact? So who stood out from your podcast, let's say this year, you know, year of COVID, the year of uh, the virus, all that, as far as like standout men, you successful males that you've interviewed, who okay. stood out? Like, who's the story? Like, like, I have to talk to this dude. You found out about him. Tell me about that. That's a good question. I would say I'm someone that's very curious about anyone. It's about anybody, right? Because the way that they see life and the way that they've gotten to where they are, I'm interested in that. Like that's good information, you know, because it's not how I see things because they have a totally different lens. They're the makeup of all their experiences throughout their entire life. And, and I am for mine, right? And whatever I can learn and, and discover from them at the same time, bringing out the best of them for that show. Like I always tell people that I get to sit there and learn for 30 minutes from somebody. I've had guys that are money coaches. I've had people that are spiritual guys. I've had guys that are, are leadership experts. I've had guys that are nine figure entrepreneurs. You know, I just interviewed John Lee Dumas on Tuesday. So it's like, you know, you have this wide range of people, you know, people that have been in prison, people that have families, people that don't have families. So that's the great thing about having the successful male podcast is I get to interview such a wide range of people because our program is multidimensional because life is multidimensional. So I do have guys that focus on money. I have guys that focus on marriage counseling and relationship advice. I do have guys that focus on business and career paths and leadership I do have guys, you know, that focus on the spiritual domain and mindset. You know, I even have a lady that's getting ready to come on next month. She's a dating, a matchmaker, right? So we're going to talk about, you know, what from all of her years of experience of matchmaking, what's the most attractive traits for women, you know? So just stuff like that, you know, you get to have an expansive range of guests and, and it's all very exciting. I would say, though, to answer your question more directly, Zach Babcock and I really hit it off. He's an interesting cat. I Hopefully yeah. I get to talk to him. I was a troubled youth like him, and I spent a lot of time with Florida Department of Corrections. So it was uh, it was good to have somebody else that had made it out of that type of life to be able to be successful, you know. So you got a Florida headline named after you, like a Florida man one, because I'm I, that's my goal. When I moved here, I was like, I need a Florida man headline. So I keep messing with the gator in my yard, hoping for like some kind of situation where I end up in the news with yeah. that Florida man. I don't know. Uh, Florida people do su such dumb stuff. It makes national news all the but time. But you didn't get you didn't get one. You didn't get your Florida no, no, tag yet. That needs to be a thing, man. I seriously like it. It already is a thing, but like a real thing. Who's been your heavy hitter that you've connected with the most? I like everybody. I I wish I wish technically every show has been perfect. To be honest, I want to give props to the guy who kind of. There's two guys that sort of set me down this path. One hasn't been on here yet, and one was the first guest. And because they're like, if you want to call it the um, the other fathers. So if this was like, you know, three men and a baby, this would be the baby. And like these two people kind of 
and myself kind of came in and like one planted the seed and got me all hype. And the other one gave me the technical know-how and it guided me to this. And that Manny Lopez is the first guy. I don't know if you've ever met him, but he's, he's created a network called Network of Influence. You know, he's a foster kid that came out of the system and he created this whole educational thing for kid, for entrepreneurs, for young people starting to age out of system where they can get all this free entrepreneurial knowledge from like Ty Lopez and Les Brown and Kayla Maddox. And he calls them Manny books. And I kind of want to create something based off the same system, but like you go in and you take these courses and like you complete them and you gain Manny books. And then you could trade those Manny books for services for any of the mentors that created courses in there. So like, say you went through the whole business course and you got this entrepreneurial course, you could take that and cash it in and say, I need to be mentored by somebody. And if they offer that service in there, like say if it's a $5,000 service, educated and got trained and he earned like say 5,000 Manny bucks, they could actually translate that into real money. And he could actually cash that in to get mentorship that would normally cost say five grand for free because everybody in there is all, you know, they're all givers. So like that's to me an amazing system. And because yeah. I'm on the other side of it, like I'm a foster dad that adopted and he's a foster kid that kind of came out the system. I see him as the um, one side of the coin and he's the other. Like that dude like impresses the hell out of me. The other guy who's Frankenstein father of this, if you want to call it that, <laughs> his guy's name of, but Chase. Uh, and he's going to be on this show soon, but he's like this wild Guy Fieri looking dude that he actually create. He does a lot of stuff for behind the scenes for people in, in real estate and uh, and marketing, putting together their infusion soft. And he's got this thing he's creating. So I want to, I think he's in here next month. You know, I've, I've loved all the dads that came in. I've ended up doing partnerships with them here and, you know, for this thing or that thing, Eric Skeldon, who he was on here a couple of weeks ago, we got a dad funnels challenge we're doing together. And then Jared Yellen, like, you know, helping him develop people with ideas into like taking it from like the idea stage into the marketable app technology stage to, to go to market. So yeah. it's been, it's been a, a ride and a half. And, you know, if, if it never goes past these first 10 guys, yourself included, I'm impressed. I'm happy. I'm glad I did it. You know, people talk about like, hey, how are you going to monetize your show? I'm like, dude, I don't need to monetize. I'm already monetizing the relationships just from on the strength of like, we got to know each other, like each other, trust each other. And now we're doing business together. And I don't know if it's going to be sweet for every relationship, but so far it's been sweet. And I'm not going to stop that ball rolling. I'm into this for 100 shows, at least in my head. I want to help 100 dads. I want to help create 100 millionaires. I want to get 100 kids adopted. So I'm all about the 100. If you look at my last name, Centeno, it kind of means, you know, it's a version of 100. So I'm all about the 100. So um, I didn't know what I was doing at first. I'm still kind of learning this thing. But as far as just, you know, the benefit of just somebody just starting something like this and, and getting to know people is amazing, especially with COVID now and you know, relationships are just hard to build because everybody's, you know, scared to go, you know, be in public. And thank God for that. I live in Florida and it's not as hard here, but exactly other places like, hey, man, it's like, man, you can't can't hardly do business anymore because you want to meet people like you got to feel them out like instinct and get to know them and stuff. And it's really hard, even with Zoom and, you know, all the other technology It's really hard to really just build these kind of real relationships with people. So this has been my sort of love letter relationship builder to all the dad entrepreneurs that are out there like me from just getting started to all the way, you know, successful male. And I don't want to get off of that, but I wanted to ask you, I know you come from the hospitality industry and you managed hundreds of restaurants at one time. So I guess that would be the corporate world. How did you transition into becoming an entrepreneur and working for yourself and not being 
stuck in a nine to five. Maybe you worked that, but you always had this other thing that you could fall back on or just make your main gig. Like, talk to me about that. How did that happen? Yeah. So it's been, it's always been a discussion, uh, you know, between my wife and I, as far as like, Hey, we have, we wanted, we have certain goals that we have set together. The job I was in her business, my business, businesses that we want to build together. And, you know, you have to really fund, fund the dream until the dream funds itself, you know? And so, uh, for about two years, I did both at the same time. I was laid off from a company I was with for 10 years. You know how it is, man. It's God's plan. And, and it's just, it's never on, on my time. It's on his time. And, you know, I had planned on leaving that job the following year anyway. So it was like, all right, well, let's, let's kickstart things here. So that's what I did all last year, you know, is, uh, really put my foot on the gas on building out the foundations of our business with the successful mail and, and, you know, everything from, I mean, you know, the email integration, the email marketing, uh, you know, the funnels, the copywriting, the webinars, the SOPs, the, you know, the whole entire coaching packages that we need, you know, we already had the, the course and stuff like that. So, you know, all that stuff takes a lot of time and a lot of work. And, and, you know, when you're doing a job and you're doing that, it takes a little bit longer to get it off the ground, but I was able to kind of accelerate things. And, uh, you know, the difference, the biggest difference, I would say there's a different mentality when you work for an organization that's publicly traded on the stock market compared to the entrepreneurial space. Quite often, you know, not all publicly traded companies, but a lot of them, uh, the culture is much more driven financially than it is about people. So it's really about profits first, then people. From my experience with the majority of folks that I've met over the last couple of years in the entrepreneurial space, it's the, it's the opposite. It's people over profits. When you place the people first, profits just seem to flow in. Um, so, you know, that's been the biggest difference, right? I would say that, you know, being laid off from a from an organization just because, because it was an organizational restructuring and there were 70 people laid off, including two presidents of two incredibly large restaurant brands, you know? So it's like, no one's safe, man no one's safe and uh that's kind of just how it is but you know i knew getting into it that that's the game that you play when you're in that domain and uh it's you know going into the entrepreneurial space you know not everybody's wired for that and that's okay uh those of us that are very self-motivated and those of us are very purposeful and passion driven. I mean, we live in that space, you know, even when I've run restaurants for other people, I ran it like it was my own because that's just the type of person that I am, you know? So transitioning over into this space, I think for me has been exhilarating, incredibly tough. Like I was telling you before, I, I put a lot at risk the last five months trying to get two restaurants off the ground and own them and that whole entire deal fell apart and that that's the nature of business man so five months worth of time a lot of money and a lot of energy goes into that and then it it, it comes to nothing you know i wouldn't say anything i learned a lot <laughs> a lot a lot about business a lot about doing business with other people and a lot about myself and what i'm made of 
so you've been in the restaurant business and you just said you were trying to buy some, right? I don't, you know, I don't know all the circumstances of it, but I know that some people prefer to buy already up and running business because it's easy to just come in and, and be an operator. But based off of what you just told me, would you ever consider like creating your own from scratch kind of like, hey, I had an idea for a restaurant. I got all this experience. Or is that kind of like, you know, that that would be such an uphill battle that that's just not something you'd want to do. I'm just curious because of all the operating experience you have. I would do that. In my mind, I I have plenty of ideas that are down on paper and a notebook of ideas that I've built over the years of things that I want to do. So yeah, certainly. But I would say I've had about five people ask me over the years if they should do it. And I told them all no. Because like you just said, I'm a restaurant operator and all five of those people that asked me if they should get a restaurant, I told them absolutely not. I said, if you want to know if you should go and do this, you should go run a restaurant for a month and figure out if you want to do it. Because you have to understand it's open 363 days a year. Okay. Let's get that first. Number two, you're talking about an industry with 80% average turnover. That means for every 10 people you hire to stay. Okay. So then you also have the fact that if people don't show up and you're running the place, guess who's doing it, right? So there's also that aspect for me right now that I, it, for me, it worked out to where like, okay, maybe that's not the path right now uh, because you know, like you and I are very passionate about being a father. And there's been plenty of times where I've had to pick up and leave seven or eight o'clock because someone doesn't come in and I'm doing the job. That's why I asked because everybody likes, they have the sexy restaurant idea. I got a pizza restaurant idea that if, if it, I could ever get somebody interested in it, I think would be amazing because of just a lot of the, the pieces to it. But at the end of the day, just like the Airbnbs and the real estate and all this other stuff, when nobody can come that's got to be you and if you're too far away or you're just like that i don't want that to be a part of my life then yes there's all these benefits but that one or two disadvantages is just too much that's when you say no but you don't get to know that until you've gone through it a lot and that's the thing these guys with money hey yeah man come on i got the money it's like no i don't need the money i need you to be there like <laughs> you gotta be you gotta be ready to pick up you know, hey, ain't nobody cooking burgers. You better get in there and start making burgers like right. like yep. that. And if and and you know that just that that idea is kind of what makes me where before I had all this energy, but like hell yeah. Now I'm like hell no. So <laughs> <laughs> that well, one thing if that one thing don't get answered, I ain't in. You know, yeah, so. you're thinking right. You're thinking right, and it's not easy. You have to really love it. If you could paint anything, what would you paint? A tree. Bob Ross over here. What a celebrity annoys you the most? And go hard on Clubhouse. You know what annoys me the most, man? Just the news. The news annoys me more than anything, man. Like when I just... They're so sure of themselves with their BS story. It's like, yeah, yeah this is the truth. And it's like, dude, just change the channel. Like 12 other people got different opinions. Like, yeah, yeah you're a respected journalist. No, you just sit there and read off of a teleprompter. You never get up out your seat. You ain't in the weather taking that rain. Those are the guys I respect. You know what I mean? Uh, all right. What's the most interesting thing you have in your wallet right now? Oh, shit. I don't even have a wallet either. I have one of those, uh, those like metal things that you put your cards in between. But the, the weirdest thing that I probably have in there is I still have my dad's AARP card in there. 
Your dad's don't lie. That's yours. You're, you're eligible now. Old ass. Yo, dude. <laughs> I'm playing. All right, so check it out because uh, I asked a question. This right here. Mm -hmm. You ever see these? They sell them in Home Depot. It's like a little saw and a, and a cut stuff. And you know how like you're just thumping around and like you got to open boxes and stuff or pop up. Yeah. yeah like, this little bad boy. It's a lot of tools in this thing. It's like it's like four or five bucks in Home Depot. I keep it in my wallet because I'm always using it for one random thing or another. And you know, it's not like you can run around with tools anymore with, with skinny jeans or whatnot. Like you know, yes, <laughs> used to have a belt with a Leatherman and all that, and you could, yeah. you could carry a knife without getting you know police locking you up over something or the airport. Like those little things. I, I haven't tried to put it to the airport, but um, yeah, them things are useful. What's the meanest thing you've ever said to someone? I remember. Uh... I was a teenager and I told my, I called my mom a bitch. And I said, I you said, catch, you didn't catch a, a left or a right. My dad uh, fucked me up. I loved her, but I didn't like her. You know, of course, me and my mom are very close today and she's my biggest fan and I'm her biggest fan. But man, she had to deal with my madness for 12 years of craziness, crazy. And uh, yeah, I, I, uh, we always give it the worst to those we love most and we're closest to for sure. It's the passion. We, we could keep going on this topic. I said some. <laughs> top 10. Joe, Joe DeRome was top 10 meanest things he said going from 10 to 1. Your grandma, you old wrinkle. <laughs> bleeping out the whole episode. Not Nana. Oh, yeah. I'm going out on Nana. Although my, my grandma, she, she had some funny things she would do back to you, like take out her teeth and try to bite you with them and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so you really didn't want to mess with her too much because she was from the streets too. So she would she would hit you with a, you know, old Spanish ladies. They hit you with the chanca, the belt, anything handy like a coffee pot, whatever you can piss them off at. So really, you know, these these kids now can't take that kind of heat. But uh, we took it a lot and taught us to behave. And we don't talk we don't talk funny to old you know our our elders. And if anything, that's we need to go back to that. But you know, somebody out there is probably going to catch feelings about what I just said, but so what? This is the dad show. Most most real dads talk. agree with me. Most. Yeah, real talk. Yeah. So if you could get a yacht, what would you call it? You know, I growing up in uh in Tampa here, um, I used to go out on the water a lot, man. And we used to love seeing one of my favorite boat names was uh uh Wet Dream. That was my favorite one. We used to always laugh at that because we were in high school, you know riding around on our John boats and stuff like that out in the, out in the bay. And we said, Oh, look at the wet dream. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. The, the punny ones are always the best, you know, like yeah. you know, that they, they have like a little hook to them, like, you know, Sopranos kind of boat and mama Mia or like, you know, whatever. But yeah, I, I get that. So what does your best dad life look like right now? And you kind of talked about your schedule a little bit, but yeah. like, what's that, that routine every day that you got where you, Cause you know you you have one, I got six. This is not a boast or brag. It's like I I I sometimes wish I had more time with one because yeah, it's a constant struggle to get them on their own and like kind of build with them without them like because they all want alone time, and time six is even worse. But like with one, I mean, I almost wish I had one just to pour more into. But you know, I got what I got. So what what's yeah. it like for you? Well, I'll say this, you know, my wife and I uh, plan on having more in the next year. So I'm going to be an uh, old dad. Um, but uh, Adopt. I, I, come on, man. Adopt somebody. 
adopt yeah well if we can't if we can't uh if we can't have children that's where the direction we're going for sure we already right. we already exactly. discussed that the giving birth is very hard on the body so you know there's plenty like you said there's there's not there's plenty of children that need homes so we do want to have a big family so that's that's a good point um but i would say you know the time with my son and i right now uh he does piano so we do a lot of that together we do he's start, started a youtube channel so we've been creating he does all of his own videos i got him loom you know loom recording software for the computer and he does a great job recording all of his minecraft videos and then we make thumbnails together and type up all the description for the you know for the videos and i'm teaching them hashtags and i'm teaching them you know how to use bitly for the the the, the links and get everything set up for him how to use video recording software how many have you done so far i think he's done five or six videos All right. so yeah they're pretty good and then we do uh we play some video games together um we before the pandemic hit our big thing was we loved going to the movies together yeah that was like our thing i've been doing it with him since he was like two years old can i tell you something yeah what's up so think about this too. You can rent a whole movie theater right now in Tampa for about starting at 99 bucks. So if you want to do like a family get together with a few people and come in on that, you can get a whole theater to you and your friends and just be in that. I'm, I'm actually entertaining doing that this month. So I just, I, they, they've been sending me the, uh, the advertisements, but yeah, that's because, because to tell you the truth, 99 bucks is five people anyway with some popcorn. So like you just get like 10 people and you can have a whole movie theater yourself yeah. and not have to worry about it. So something to think about. That's a great idea. Yeah, I saw that and I had a buddy that went and did it and they loved it. Um, but like you said, grab, you know, a group of his friends or whatever and parents or whatever we want to do and then just go there and watch whatever we want to watch. And you're all related. That's all. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. We're all from the South. We're all related. You know what it is. You know what it is. We're all from Florida. We've been good the whole time. Uh, yeah. You know, the other things that uh, we like doing together, you know, a big thing for us is, is eating together. With me being in the food business for over 15 years, he really loves food. He's that kid that will try anything. He loves all different types of food. He's the opposite of me. I was a picky little shit. You know, like tonight I, I cooked on the grill and he's all excited with that. And, you know, we, we eat together and sit down and have a conversation and that's always good. Yeah, like that we were saying before, you know, the jokes and the and the playing. We like pranking each other. Um, so we always have this ongoing thing every day, pretty much like trying to scare one another. So that's always going on, always just messing with each other in public. We were in Walmart today, uh, the, the neighborhood market, trying to pick up some tater tots and stuff. And uh, he like he he like grabbed something off the shelf and hit me in the back with it, like a, a box or something, you know. And uh, so then he, he turned around and started running. So we're just big kids just playing in public you know it's it's a lot of fun we just you can't take life too seriously man so let me give you some dad advice around that that's cute when there's one and you can you can see him on your peripheral but because i was like that but when there's more of them doing the same trick on you and it's coming from multiple directions <laughs> it ain't so you're gonna have more you're gonna have to break the habit because otherwise you're gonna be ducking 
tater tots for the rest of your life, not knowing which direction they're coming from. You're going <laughs> to develop all these skills real quick because just you're going to feel it coming. Now, because because I'm normally getting attacked from multiple angles, I already got moves that people are like, like, well, if they saw them, they would think like I was a martial artist because I just know how to duck around my kids and move them around where I can actually walk a straight path in my house without getting tripped over somebody because they go for the legs and the knees first because that's the size they are. <laughs> and, and they're definitely coming at you from multiple directions. So I will say this, the, the more you have, the better your reflexes get because you have to because you're you're getting kicked in the middle of the night in the head by one jump in your bed. You just feel the shift in momentum and it's like and just not to get kicked in the face, all kinds of dad stuff like that. But I'm just, you know, as you grow, just remember this from me to you, like get your skill sets up, stretch more, like practice march hard because <laughs> because you're going to need it. So about your son, right? So do you think when yeah. you with his YouTube channel that he he sort of like got a love for that off of watching what you're doing? Like, does he want to be like you or be an entrepreneur? Or he kind of just picked that up on his own. He picked it up on his own. You know, his his age, he's 11. So, I mean, you being a YouTuber is like a real thing. You know, you ask a lot of kids his age and they all they a lot of them say that. So. So I just tell him, I said, OK, um, I'm not I'm not the type of type of parent that's like, oh, no, you're not going to do that. Uh, you know, and it's like I'm the type of guy like, OK, like, do you want to do that? All right. Well. Let's investigate that. What does it take to do that? Like, what kind of effort do you need to put in to, to you know, build the subscriptions? What type of what type of videos do you need to learn? You know, so I said, hey, that's what you want to do. All right, well then let's do it, man. And I can I can show you how, and and you can you can build those skills, right? If that's what you're passionate about. Um, so. I think that that's very important. And, and, you know, I learned that from my dad. Um, not that, uh, you know, my dad was necessarily there for me a lot and that's okay. But my dad was doing what he loved. You know, he was a musician and he was always working on his, on his music. Always like that, that in, in, engulfed his whole life, you know, and that's cool. But again, I, what I took away from that is, is like, you know, even if it is like you pursuing your dream and you're passionate about something, it still takes a lot of work. You still have to put a lot of effort into it. Right. So that's that's something that I'm trying to teach my son is like, hey, like, that's great. You want to do that. Let's go down that road then. You know, it's never it's not too early to start. And I would say this, too. In 2018, um, the YouTube convention that they have in Orlando the average age for the millionaires in that room was 15, 15 years old. There's 30,000 people, you know, I mean, there's kids walking around that convention uh, with four and five bodyguards and they're 14 and 15 years old. So like the possibilities for something like that um, to happen for people are very real and the ability for YouTube to grow, it has, it, it has untapped amount to grow, right? It can grow exponentially because it's a, it's a user-based platform. So it's other users that create the product. YouTube doesn't have a product. Whatever you create and put on there is their product. Well, 
I mean, it's a good start. It's just kind of keeping that flame going because they don't lose interest after they see that money does not come quick or easy. You have to put in the reps and a whole lot of them because you can't even begin to start looking for what might come from ad spend. So you got like 100 videos and 50,000 subs and all these kind of benchmarks around it. But it's good that he's trying to learn and and, and hopefully he finds a niche. And like I said, you got – you're there to kind of coach him through it because, hey, maybe he becomes the next um, – he becomes a successful kid podcast. I mean, he can just go r- ride your coattails right on into that and then interview a bunch of kids. You never know. There's there's always something that can be done there. You just got to put in the work, right? So Yeah, and I think um, that the most important part about it is it's something that we get to do together that he enjoys doing. It's that simple, man. It's not about me. It's about him. It's either that or crime. I mean, what could be better? <laughs> Let's go break in a house. We're going to be second story men together. <laughs> that's, that's the Walmart together. <laughs> Before there was video games, there's like, uh, let's go, let's go see if we can climb in this second story house and get something. <laughs> I don't, I don't know nothing about that. So uh, it's a weird thing that most people don't know about you, or that maybe nobody knows about you. I fell in love with '70s soul music at the age of ten years old. So, like I told you, I got in a lot of trouble when I was a kid. And so there was a time like that I was grounded for almost six months in my room. And that was back when we didn't have TVs in our room. We didn't have video games in our room, all that stuff. It was like you're not allowed to go outside and play with your friends grounded. So all I had was a record player in my room. So I just sat there and I listened to all my dad's records. And I discovered Barry White and Teddy Pendergrass and Earth, Wind and Fire and, uh, you know, all these old bands, the Brothers Johnston. Like I just I fell in love with 70s soul music and I've just been like I've been all about it ever since. You know, and then 80s R&B came out and it was just like, oh, man. So I got a picture in my head of you right now and you can stop me when I go too far. But I see Joey Dolomite with a, with a pimp hat. And the gear at 10 years old and just like knocking out, like, uh, like, like fighting people all messed up and jumping in cars. Like that could be, that could have been you, right? Joey Dolomite. Like, Yo, into that music. you know what I had? I had white jeans, the, the forest green and white striped bum shirt. What kind of shoes? Oh man. I think they were Converse. But see back then that was all right. Yeah, Actually, no, they were bobos back then, but still people rocked them. They they became a style later on. But let's talk about the successful male. Like how yeah. how does one get there? I mean, you you sound like a successful dad. You're doing it. I mean, you know, time will tell because the more you get, I'm not trying to speak any negativity at all. I'm just saying, like you know, you're handling your business now. You get to play a lot with your kid. I, you didn't say this, but I know this about you. Like you got this second business going on with your wife, which is awesome because there's nothing. There's n- the only thing better than one entrepreneur is two <laughs> in the same house that are on the same path and they're helping yeah. each other. and maybe even three. Cause if that kid takes off, then, you know, you got a whole, a whole family of, uh, of uh, media, media moguls. You could take over Roku TV with yeah. all, all that program. Building, man. Yeah. But talk, talk to me about the successful meal. Like what, how did you get into that? Um, I think you mentioned you took over somebody else's, um, do you buy you buy in you bought him out or he just he stayed on and you just kind of came in and joined venture like how did that work and then where's it going Where, where's this thing taking people i met the founder ron maholtra uh, about two and a half years ago he is a indian australian man from melbourne australia 
Irish, Italian, American. See, we met in Boca Raton, Florida. See, Florida is where it goes down. People don't realize that. Everything goes down in Florida. When you're out there getting your wrinkles on, like just getting that skin cancer, like this is where the deals are happening. You know what I mean? Out on the beach, banana hammocks, pina (laughs) colada. Bro, the banana hammocks. Boats and rows. We we met at an event. This was right at the same time that I started my uh, ontological coaching training. And it was all kind of coming at the same time, right? So I had been leading teams then for for about 12 or 13 years and discovered that I was very passionate about people development. And so I decided to get, you know, professionally trained as a coach. I was churning out a lot of managing partners for the company I was with. And I was really good at, at, at helping people discover their gifts and awaken themselves to the reality that they could have new possibilities for their life, right? So I went and got trained and then I met uh, Ron and these guys and there was kind of a whole story storybook kind of thing played out with a guy and that, that originally was bringing it to America and that all fell apart. And then me and my business partner took over and we've just took it and ran with it right in the last year. And, you know, the big thing is that a lot of people don't realize is that there's a lot of men that are suffering and and they're trapped in this, this place of, you know, I'm good. I don't need to get better. I'm content. Right. And we are doing what we can to hold a space for men, just like you and I are right now to come and have a real ass conversation to talk about relationships, to talk about your finances, to talk about your business and your career, right? To talk about your mindset. It's a multidimensional program. We have a course called the Success Blueprint, and it covers all the things that you that we weren't taught in school. <laughs> you know, the things that are critical to life success, right? The key is there's timeless principles that if you apply them to your life, you'll get results, you know? So one of the very first things that that we do in our program is we ask you to define your success. You know, Jay, what what makes you feel successful in your life or what a successful life for Jay is totally different than Joe because success is subjective. So we're doing what we can to pull people away from the toxic nature of what society's definition of success is what we're just peppered with, with marketing and this and that and blah, 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 since we're kids, right? Pulling us out of the educational system of being indoctrinated into conformity, obedience, and addiction to answers and saying, let us start questioning ourselves. Let's start questioning our life. Let's start questioning everything because that's how we'll start to be able to make ourselves have a bigger world, right? So we have to clearly define what success is for your life because like it's not what your parents' definition is for you. It's not your college professors. It's not your high school teachers. It's not even your wife. It's yours. And you got to get real clear on it for yourself. Okay. And, you know, and then we start working into belief systems, man. You know, when's the last time people sat down with a pen and paper and said, what's my purpose? What are my passions? What are my top five values? On a scale of one to 10, how satisfied am I life in these domains of my life? Everything, right? And do a life diagnosis. 
and get honest with yourself and get some acceptance. And you start moving into some other things, you know, like understanding the power of your mind, the distinctions between the conscious, subconscious and superconscious mind. We have advanced goal setting systems. You know, we teach you about productivity, leadership, influence and, um, you know, business fundamentals. And then there's also, you know, money mastery and wealth creation fundamentals. And then I think the biggest thing that we talk about is when you do all of this work on you, you do all the intrinsic work necessary to grow and develop yourself into becoming the man that you not only want to be, but you really deserve to be because everyone it's afforded to everyone. If you have life, you're breathing then you can take all that and your relationships get better with your wife, with your kids, with your your job or your business, and definitely with yourself. But then when you do that, you're able to go and make a difference in other people's life. And that's what we're trying to do, man. We're trying to develop 1 million men around the world into, you know, the best versions of themselves so that they're high character leaders for their families, communities, and nations. So out of that 1 million, like what's the count right now? Uh, I have, I don't have a tracker. I think we're at like close to 300. And that's how many years? Uh, two. Getting there. So this, it's, yeah, this isn't, this isn't a quick rich screen. You know what no, I'm saying? This no, is, no. this is like, it's going to take you three to six months. And then it, there's a, you're going to keep going on the journey after that. Right. Well, well, mindset is so crazy because anybody who you'll ever, so it's such like a, such a common word, like mindset, you got to get your mindset. But here's the thing. The same way it's boring to say you need to build a foundation on your house. Ah, you got to build a foundation, a great foundation. Okay, great. That's boring. It does. I heard that a million times. You, yeah, you heard it, but did you actually like use that knowing that 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 mindset is the foundation for everything you do from there? Did you actually take time to build it and like use that as your base rather than I know it and I read a bunch of books and I firewalk Tony Robbins and yada yada yada? But like, how much of that stuck with you? You know what I mean? Like after the the romance was gone and like the, the novelty of new knowledge is gone, how much stuck with you? Part of this whole thing, at least for me, is I like to reread books. Like I don't like to have a ton of books. I like to go back and read them a bunch of times because just like the Bible, you got to read it a whole bunch of times anyway to get something new out of it. That's why people keep going back to it because there's just so much in there and you got to be reminded. And, and it's what season are you in your head? Another thing too is like, I don't know. I mean, I imagine in a process like this, you've, you've accounted for it, but people's vision of success and their, their version of success evolves. So yeah. like, oh, I want to be a millionaire, <clears throat> like at what cost? Right. So at sometimes when you're young, you're like at any cost and it's like the cost of your sleep, your health, your relationship, you know, your kids, yeah. everything. Right. Well, was it really worth it? And then the same guy, you catch him 40 years late, you know, in his forties and he's like, yeah, you know, I know now that like all that was great, but like I'm, you know, I was talking to a guy today. He did, you know, he gained a million and lost a million in two years, and it was like, what were the lessons he learned from that? And now he's back up there. But the point is, depending on what point of your life that was your goal and why it was your goal, even more importantly, you'll lose it just as fast as you make it. So, what do you want? Do you want? ups and downs and lots of activity and never time to sleep, but oh, it's all great. And I can flash this car. Or do you want simplicity? And like, for me, I rather have a simple life. I don't want a boat. 
I want a friend with a boat that I can be like, here's some money for gas and some barbecue and let's go out with your boat because you wanted the boat. I don't want the maintenance. I like the simplicity of knowing I can just rent a boat or I can just rent. I can just jump on a plane. I got the money to do that. I don't want all of that. Now, at one time in my head, my mindset might have been, oh, I want a big mansion and I want all these things. But then as I grew older and I saw what it took to keep those things up and how much you got to be scrambling just to keep those things up for the appearances sake. I like simple now. Like that's yeah. it. Like to me, that's successful. Not having to wake up and go, Oh my God, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got to run. I got to run. I got to go. I got to go. I got to, you know, I got to be up for 12 hours. I got to be in clubhouse for two days straight and run a room like <laughs> stuff like that. Like, nah, like success to me is like, if I want to do it. I do it. But if I don't want to do it, psh, screw that. And my life is still happy. So yeah, like that, and that all comes from mindset and and learning knowledge of self. And you do need other people to point yeah. these things out to you. You yeah, do yeah. need, like I was going to ask you, are you in any masterminds or is this kind of like your version of a mastermind? No, I'm in, I'm in a mastermind. Okay. So talk to me about like, like that and what you get out of that and how it led you to this and how this supplements, you know, how, how they work it, together. I'm in a, in a digital marketing mastermind. Okay. Um, you know, I'm with a, another, a, a, nine other business owners that are, you know, looking at learning how to scale and grow their business online. And, you know, there's a bunch of people in different areas. There's some people that are ahead. There's some people that are behind and, and it's a great dynamic and everyone's really, you know, working together and helping each other out and learning from one another, sharing ideas and, you know, and, and uh, the guys that are, that are leading it. Um, you know, are, are very, very successful in that area, you know, and that's, that's why I joined it, right, is because they have what I want. So it's, it's literally that simple. So then, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, like other areas of my life, right, like it's a, it's about mentorship, like I have a spiritual mentor, I have a financial mentor, I have a mindset mentor, you know, and, and I make sure that um, I've had those for over 10 years now that's important what do you say to the guy the joe the joe schmo that says ah, i can learn all that crap off of youtube like how do you deal with that because you and i both know that i know the answer to that for myself i'm just curious to say to hear what you say because masterminds are not free yeah cost something and sometimes people's eyes get big and they're like, what? I could I could do that for free. I could learn that for free. I could learn that on my own. They'll go to the library and, and go on YouTube. Like, what do you say to that person for yourself? I Like I said, I know what I say, but what do you say? Yeah. So a couple of different times I've had experiences of exactly what you're talking about. So like I told you earlier, I did took that. I got trained in ontological coaching which ontology is the study of being, right? Our being, that was $10,000. Um, and I tell, and, and there's a majority of people in my life that when they asked me how much it costs and I told them that it costs that much, you would have thought that I would killed somebody. They, you know what I mean? But I'm here to tell you, Jay, that like the instant that I paid that money, it changed my life. I told my subconscious mind that I'm worth this. I'll easily go buy a Cadillac for 30 grand and have a $450, $500 a month payment, but I won't drop 10 grand on my own development. That's going to in turn have a way higher ROI than driving a car for five years. 
right? So what would I specifically say to somebody that, that they says that they can go do it on YouTube? I would say this, information has never been more available to us ever on the planet. There's more information in one Sunday version of the New York Times than someone would know in their entire life in 1650. Their entire life. That's how much information we have today. I can look up in anything in the world in three seconds. That has no... if. That's true. If information is available to everyone almost on the planet, if you have a phone. So how come everyone isn't progressing? Because they're not financially and emotionally invested because people are inherently lazy. And until you invest the money into yourself, you're not going to do the work. Research shows it's proven. And then some people say, well, what about scholarships? That ain't free. They had to earn that. That wasn't free. There's something you got to go through to get that. They don't say, oh, you want to, Oprah, you get a scholarship and you get a scholarship. Nah, dude, you got to have grades. You got to prove that you're like a legit actual person trying to benefit, move yourself forward in life. That's, that's, there's hurdles. The thing is too, is everyone wants faster results, right? So mentors and masterminds accelerate your results. I said it the other, uh, I said it today, actually. I was like, the the guy was like, oh, that's a great analogy. And I, and I kind of, and I've probably heard it somewhere before. It's probably not original to me, but I was like, like these masterminds are like a toll bridge. You pay the toll, you get there quicker. Sure, you could take the long scene route. Go ahead. If you want, do that. But yep. it's for people who want to get there quicker, faster, farther, you know, more efficiently. But yes, you can learn anything you want on the internet. But who's going to interpret it for you? Who's going to tell you how much of that is real or not? Can you call the guy who made the video and be like, yo, what did you mean by this? He's going to be like, yeah, you can call me. $500, like whatever. The point is you're going to pay for that. So take everything with a grain of salt. You're only seeing it through one sort of facet of all the facets that it could possibly be because everybody's situation is different. And that's the best thing about masterminds for me is all the blind spots that you're not catching. You, you know, you think you got it all figured out and somebody will drop one thing and you're like, dang, I, I totally missed that. And open up your whole world with it. Like you kind of said, when the one you did for $10,000 is like, Boom, you, you got value out of it because you went there specifically for value and and free just does not do that for you. We appreciate it, but when, when it comes to like this kind of stuff, free has very little value. Nobody's really incentivized to, to move on it. In fact, a lot of people will charge you on purpose because they know that if I told you for free, you wouldn't do nothing with it. You'd be like, ah, but I'm, you know, I, there's no one, there's no urgency to make that money back. There's just nothing there. There's no driver and fight me all day on it if you want. But I've seen it too many times. I've heard it from too many people. And personally in life, I know that that motivates me. If I drop a lot of money, I'm like, I'm getting some out of this. If if I show up every day, if I don't show up every day, I'm coming back. I'm going to get every cent that I paid out of this bad boy. And that's really what the value of it is to me. It's the, the, the crack of the whip that makes me say, this is different. This is important. It, yeah. The hierarchy of, of things in my life that I could be doing. I just paid a bunch of money for this. I go watch TV or I go listen to this guy. Um, you know what? I The TV was cheap. This guy was expensive. I'm going to go do that. Like That's kind of how I work. So, And I've always been that way. Sure. But I, I would also say too, man, listen, I listen to YouTube almost every day, man. There's gold on there, but that's that's not that's not the only thing I do. You know, there's gold on there. I mean, you can listen to almost any Jim Rohn talk. 
You can listen to almost any Alan Watts, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Les Brown, you know, all these giants. You can listen to, to tons of their lectures, but like, that's great. The problem is, is that with stuff with, with, with listening to YouTube and, you know, other thing, listening to podcasts, people think that that is taking action. That's true. That's the, that's, other that's the problem. They're like, yeah, but I've been looking listening to YouTube. Okay. Good for you, bro. That's nothing. That's consumption. The accountability factor is missing from all that. Yeah. That's not action. That's not implementation. That's cons that's consumption. That's gathering information, which is distinctly different from taking action or applying knowledge or wisdom. Like that's the difference. So yeah, bro. If you want to listen to YouTube every day for an hour, do it. But then whatever you learn that day, go and implement it into your life. You know, like when I was leading teams, I was obsessed with John Maxwell. Yeah, he's good. Right. Because, I mean, you know, he's he's a, he's a master at leadership and the way that he conveys his message in terms of leading teams is at a mastery level. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take all these books, read all these things and give all the books to my managers too. And, and I'm going to implement these things day. And it's uncomfortable and it sucks and it's different and it's difficult, but like over time it becomes your normal and it becomes fully ingrained, integrated into your own being that it becomes a part of you and you become that. Right. And then it works. And then you're like, Oh, I need to keep doing this more, not just like listening to shit. I need to actually take action. Word up, son. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you want to leave your mark in the world? I would say that the number one way that I've already done it is breaking the generational context of inattentive Daroma fathers. It's been generation after generation after generation of regretful fathers not make taking action on spending that time with their kids, and I already broke that. That sends a ripple effect into the generations after me and into the current consciousness today. Indeed it does. You know you know what time it is. It's dad joke time. Let's, let's see what you got for the family here. Sure, man. How do you know when a joke becomes a dad joke? It's apparent. Or this one. This was my son's favorite for a lot of years. What did one volcano say to the other volcano? See, I don't know this one. What what did he say? I lava you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, did the, what, did, what did the Pacific Ocean say to the Atlantic Ocean? What? Nothing. It just waved. <laughs> hey, all you entrepreneurs and dadpreneurs. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the YouTube channel for past episodes. Show me some love on Facebook and Instagram. And if you really want to be a guest on my show, no problem. Just email the dadnextdoortv at gmail.com and we'll take care of you. All the information you need is on the show notes of this episode. This is Jason, a.k.a. The Dad Next Door, signing out. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.